What is good, all of our listeners? Welcome to another episode of Games and Groceries. My name is Adam. I'm Liz. And I struggle with the idea that I'm the bad guy. <laughs> we'll get to that new segment in just a bit, but just to give you introductions, again, my name is Adam. And I'm Liz. So, Liz, how are you doing this week? I'm doing all right. Yeah. It was a pretty easy week. Yeah, kind of was. My boss forced me to take a half day, told me to live a little. Yeah. So I got to take a half day, and then we chilled 4th of July, and I did some good work in the yard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Made very good accomplishments. Pretty good week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was pretty easy streak week. It's uh, 4th of July week this past week, so not a lot of work, but it, w- it was still a good week. Still a good, mm-hmm. easy, easy week. So we got a lot. Uh, to talk about this week. We got a lot to say about our big topic, which is all about Sea of Solitude. But before we get there, we got some other segments to give you. But before we get to those segments, yeah, I know. We want to just remind all of our audience that you can follow us on the social medias. Uh, First, we're on Twitter. You can follow the official Twitter account of Games and Groceries at Gaming Groceries. Or you can follow us individually. I'm at Ace the Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. So you can follow us individually, be friends with us on Twitter, and just, uh, you know, start a conversation. You can also follow us on Instagram, Games and Groceries, all one word, where we share updates about the podcast, gaming memes, and behind-the-scenes photos. So definitely follow us on Instagram, Games and Groceries, all one word. And definitely check out our website, gamesandgroceries.com, where you can listen to all the episodes from the website. Find out where you can listen to the episodes, as well as some articles that I write and um, put up on the website. So definitely check that out. Uh, And finally, we just want to remind everybody, if you're listening to us on the audio version, whether it be on iTunes, iHeartRadio, anywhere else you can write and review us, definitely give us your honest feedback, give your honest star ratings so that we can read it on the podcast. And if you would like me to read your review on the podcast, you can email us contact at games or contact at games and groceries dot com. And if you would like me to read your review, just say, hey read my review and send me a screenshot of the review and I can read to you in this voice. No. So I think that's all of the announcements that we do have. Anything else we need to add? Not that I know of. Yeah. So definitely rate and review us. Oh, there is one other thing. Subscribe to us on YouTube. <gasps> yes. If you're watching us on YouTube, thank you. If you're watching us on YouTube, definitely hit that subscribe button, like, and uh, definitely give us a comment down below. What did you think of some of our segments? We're going to be talking about Spider-Man Far From Home. We're going to be talking about three different news segments, and we're also going to be talking about Sea of Solitude. So definitely write down below in the comment section about what you thought about our show, or if you have any thoughts about Sea of Solitude, or are you excited about Sea of Solitude? Definitely write that down below, and like I said, subscribe and like the video if you enjoyed it. So with all that said and done, let's just go into our first segment. Movie Minutes. Movie Minutes is a segment where we talk about the movies that we saw in the past week, whether it be on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, or in theaters. And we like to tell you whether we recommend it or we don't recommend it. So this week's movie is in theaters right now. And it's a little movie called Spider-Man Far From Home. This is the, of course, sequel to Spider-Man Homecoming. It is the last movie in Phase 3 of the MCU. And let's just talk about the movie right now. Uh, Liz, opening thoughts. What did you think of the movie? I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, it was a good movie. Mm-hmm. I'm, I really like the. I really like Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, when we saw Homecoming, I was 
I was happy. It was good. Um, but yeah, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Good story. Yeah. Totally, totally. So we want to just talk about it for the next 10 minutes and just talking about what we thought about Spider-Man Far From Home. I have uh, three notes here. First note that this is a, definitely a post-Endgame story. So mm -hmm. if you have not seen Endgame, you need to see Endgame before you go see yes. Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, and if you do not want any spoilers, definitely go into the time links that are, are in the description, whether you're in audio or YouTube. You can just skip ahead to the next segment. But this is definitely a post-Endgame uh, story. So let's talk about that. Um, it has the same wit and charm that Homecoming does because Homecoming was very funny. It was very uh, mm -hmm. teenage drama, but very teenage comedy. However, it has the human emotions of what they call post-blip. Yeah. What they call the uh, Thanos snap was the blip. So you got to see uh, the after effects of uh, what happened when the people came back from the blip. Uh, some, the younger siblings became older than the older siblings because time really kind of stopped for them. Yeah. So you get to see the, some of the emotions and some of the after effects of that blip. And you get to see some of um, the Spider-Man of what happened to him mm -hmm. again. Spoilers ahead, spoilers ahead, go down in the time link, and if you want to skip ahead, don't want to see any spoilers, three, two, one. His after effects of after Iron Man dies and the father figure of what he was about, and you get to see that people are thinking that he is going to be the next lead Avenger, mm -hmm. and he's, he's not ready to take that responsibility. Yeah. So uh, did you have any thoughts of that dynamic? It really just made me sad the whole time mm -hmm. because everyone was expecting him to step up and just be okay. And really, the only person who was really comforting him was Happy, and that's because Happy was Iron Man's best friend. Yeah. You know, so it was just kind of sad the whole time to see, like, Spider-Man, like, he's just this kid mm -hmm. trying to cope with this huge loss in his life again. Yeah. And um, no one cared. It was sad. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you can really tell where the next chapters are going mm -hmm. of the next MCU because oh, yeah, they definitely have laid the footwork. Like, this is where we're going. Yeah, for Phase Four. In the Phase Four. Uh, there, there's some rumors that the champions are going to come in. The champions, of course, is uh, with Miss Marvel, not Captain Marvel, uh, Miss Marvel, Ang Lee, um, uh, Supernova. Supernova? Uh, yeah, I think that is. But the, the next phase mm -hmm. with those, and you can see that there's going to be a lot of humor with this because even, yeah. even Nick Fury in this movie was, like, whenever he came on screen, it was still humorous. Yeah. It was still kind of, like, funny when he was on screen. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, let me go to my second note because the middle sections of this movie, however, the, the beginning was fantastic. It, yeah. it, set, it set the plot really well. But the middle sections kind of felt like, a TV story arc where you would see kind of like a Netflix story where it was more of uh, chunks mm -hmm. of a story. This happens because this happens. And you and I kind of expected the, the scene to go black because like, well, wait, like wait for the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. So was I kind of. Mm -hmm. And it just more felt like not not a cinematic story, but a story written very well for a Netflix series, something yeah. that you binge, yeah. but it didn't feel like a smooth 
transition into the cinematic. Yeah. Um, I constantly felt like I was waiting for a commercial break. Yeah. Uh, since we already said kind of spoilers, we're not we're not saying spoilers for this movie, just for Endgame. But uh, what were some storylines in the middle section that you just kind of like? Yeah, I don't remember specific spots. Yeah, like the like kind of like uh, Peter and his love story with MJ. Yeah. Like um, see, like I wasn't thinking of it in like the way like oh this feels like a TV show, but it more felt like I was. Like after a big thing, it's I hot in here. By the way, it's like you're watching this on YouTube, here. I'm actually just wiping off the way. We're just glistening. We put glitter on before this. Yeah, don't worry. So. Um, but it wasn't more of that. I felt like it was TV storylines. It was more of that. After something big happened, I felt like I was waiting for a commercial to happen, right? Or for the e- episode to end. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like the specific story, but I guess they did kind of give me that feeling. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this this is over. But that could also be because I binge TV shows like it's my job. Right. <laughs> uh, so the middle sections were a bit slow. Mm-hmm. And, and even when uh, the twist, like there is a twist. It, it's MCU. There's a twist. The movie, there's a twist. Yeah. Uh, even when the twist happens, it was just kind of, I don't know, lackluster for me. It didn't really feel like an impact. It felt like, oh. Yeah, yeah, I kind of saw that one coming. Yeah, when the twist happened, mm-hmm. I wasn't surprised. Right. Like, in the beginning of the movie, yeah, I would have been surprised. Mm-hmm. But in that scene, I saw what was about to happen. Right. So I didn't see it before that scene. So they did do a good job of hiding it for the long run. Mm-hmm. But once we made it to that scene, as that scene was coming to a close, I was like, oh, that's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. And it did. Now, as you said before, this is my final note here. Like the entire movie, though, you feel incredibly sad for Peter Parker because mm-hmm. he is just trying to cope with the loss of Tony Stark. Yeah, he's just trying to cope with that as as well as the responsibility that people are expecting him to be, mm-hmm. as well as just trying to be a student and trying to be a teenager. Yeah, and, he just wants to get the girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's all he's concerned about. His life has been so crazy. I mean, he mm-hmm. disappeared for five years and. He's just like, I just want to go back. I just want a normal life. Yeah. That's all I want out of, out of this right now. And no one's really allowing him to do that. Not even his aunt. Exactly. Um, my final notes on my final notes is um, when I first was watching reviews for this movie, someone had said, like, there's a massive cameo. The, the cameo made me lose my mind. And so the entire movie, I'm looking for a cameo. I thought I saw Bill Murray at one time. He convinced himself he saw Bill Murray. Yeah, I convinced myself I, I thought I saw Bill Murray. I'm not going to say what the cameo is, but it's in the mid credit scene. Yeah, so don't look for it during the movie. Just during enjoy the, the movie. <laughs> but when the cameo came on, I lost it in the theater i was i was trying my best because there, there was just a nice family sitting next to us uh just in a good outing with their kids so i didn't was like oh it's oh like just trying to like freak out but it was a really good cameo it, it, was, it was it was good yeah it was real smooth so the mid-credit and the end-credit scenes are definitely definitely worth waiting for so uh sit your butts in your seats and yeah Enjoy the ride. Definitely, definitely worth it. Because it does tell, like, both of them. Like, usually with with MCU, they, um, the one of them aren't serious. Like, usually mm-hmm. the end credit scene isn't the serious one. Right. Like, the mid one is the one that tells you what's going to happen. Yeah. But both of these kind of told you what was going on. Mm-hmm. So, they're both very good and both, you know, 
give insight to the movie and the following movies. So with our last two minutes, let's let's go into our final ratings, our final verdict. What did you give this movie? I gave it an eight. Which is a solid movie. Yes, mm-hmm. it is a solid movie. I enjoyed it. Like I said, there are very few complaints. There was a little, some ty- some like little pieces of predictability. Um, but otherwise, I thought it was a really good movie. I enjoyed it, and I have no complaints. Yeah. And I, I also gave it an eight. Now, in our rating scale, if you're new here, uh, seven is a, eh, it's a decent movie. Like, it was decent. Eight is solid. Nine is near perfect. I almost gave it an 8.5. Mm-hmm. But I just kind of walked out of the theaters th- thinking, like, you know what? I enjoyed my time. It wasn't just a decent movie. Like, that was good. No, it, I walked out thinking, like, that was that was really good. But you know what? I would own it regardless. Yes. Like we're already in the plans and trying to make sure and trying to collect all the right. Marvel movies. But even if we weren't doing that, I would own this. Yeah. Uh, so we both gave it an eight out of ten. That doesn't mean it's bad. It just means there were some flaws. But you still walk out thinking like, no, eh. you were satisfied. Yeah. And we highly recommend this movie, especially because you need to see this in theaters pronto. And stay off social media because there is a lot to spoil. Because people are mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is a lot to spoil in this yeah. movie. There is a lot to spoil. In fact, writing it out my notes, I was just thinking like, oh, man, I better not spoil this. I better not spoil that. But uh, definitely go when you have the chance. Mm-hmm. Definitely go see this movie because we highly recommend this movie. It is a solid film. Not a waste of money. Not a waste of time at all. Uh, solid movie. Yeah. Yeah. So. Moving on. Yeah. With <laughs> that, let's just move on to our second segment. Top three gaming news. The top three gaming news is the gaming news that we saw in the past week. And we like to rate it three, two, one, just to give you a condensed version of what's going on in the gaming industry in the past week. We like to keep you informed of what your purchases are and what to look out for. All the dangers in the gaming industry and all the love in the gaming industry. That was weird. Thank you. So. Let's talk about our first uh, gaming news, which is, of course, Epic is funding the uh, Epic is funding the Kickstarter refunds for the Shenmue 3 backers act after exclusivity deal. Yeah. So this story comes comes out this week and it has been told by Wyna and Deep Silver that's to the Kickstarter backers saying that, hey, Shenmue 3 is going to be on the Epic store no longer steam even though they already promised they promised their backers that it would be on steam yeah that's that's not good Mm -hmm. now if you don't know anything about uh kickstarter kickstarter of course is the it's where you design an indie game and ask uh, for crowdfunding saying Mm -hmm. like hey here's my gaming idea what do you think can you help us back it up so that we can produce this game so this is funded by the crowd this is funded by the fans and so Deep Silver went deep pockets and just said, you know what? Your funding isn't good enough. We want the funding from Epic. Yeah. Now, Epic really isn't to blame here. No. I mean, all they <coughs> did was offer more money back for the person developing it. Exactly. Uh, and and backer, backers felt betrayed by all of this to say that, you know, we were promised a Steam co- uh, code. We want our money back. And they felt that, listen... If it's not going to be on Steam, then I don't want in on it. So mm-hmm. they started to take their money back. But then Epic came to save the day and said, hey, uh, so that Ynet, Ynet is the developer, Deep Silver is the publisher, so that Ynet doesn't lose any money for their development funds, they're going to say that, hey, we're going to fund the refunds. You're not going to lose any money. It's okay. 
so everybody gets their refunds. Wynet isn't in a hole, so all well and good. But really, who's to blame here is Deep Silver because they did this already before with Metro Exodus. If you remember, last minute, very last minute, uh, Deep Silver said, "Hell, you know what? Metro Exodus going to be an epic exclusive." And uh, so last minute that when the boxes were given out, when the boxes were uh, given to uh, uh, players, mm -hmm. there was actually a sticker over the Steam code saying that you oh, can redeem yeah. this over at Epic. Somebody peeled off that sticker and you see that it was Steam. So what do you what do you think about this story? Um, I think it's very nice of Epic to, you know, cover for mm -hmm. the developers. But um, at the same time, they could have easily said to the backers, like, hey, like you could have said something about it. You could right. have just confronted them and say, hey, after a lot of thinking and consideration mm -hmm. and weighing our options, we are deciding to move over to Epic for the release as opposed to Steam. And even though, yeah, you might have had people asking for their refund, but at least you're mm -hmm. being upfront and honest. And they might have appreciated that enough right. to, you might have had less people asking for their money back. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's an option. I do understand where they're coming from. It is still an indie title. So I do understand wanting to get the most money, right? you know, back, but it can go either way. I'm so done with Epic. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, this I isn't even Epic's fault, but I'm just done like with everything around surrounding Epic. Like, everyone hates it. Everyone loves it. Yeah, everyone's talking about it. It's like let's just leave Epic to do their thing. Yeah, that's just the thing. Is that I can't even be mad at Epic because they are actually taking steps to pay mm -hmm. it forward to the fans that feel betrayed. They said yeah. like, listen, this wasn't your fault. This was Deep Silver's fault. So let us do the refunding here. Yeah. So that's all we have to say about it. It's just that good on Epic. Yeah, like good for them being like stepping up saying, hey, I know it's not our fault, but, you know, they mm -hmm. put their trust in us. And for some reason, you guys don't like us. So here's your money. Yeah. But bad on Deep Silver. Yeah. 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 They didn't handle it well. Yeah. So let's move on to our number two gaming news. And this is actually some really good news. Uh, Remedy has uh, recovered the publishing rights for Alan Wake and American Nightmare, which is I don't know if it's a sequel. It's more of just a. DLC spinoff. I don't know how to explain American Nightmare. I think it's like a DLC spinoff. Hmm. Uh, but this was once owned by Microsoft. The rights have been converted back to the studio after the Quantum Break flop. So if anybody remembers, Quantum Break comes out. It was a it was a Xbox exclusive developed by Remedy. It flopped. It wasn't necessarily a flop, but it, it definitely lost a lot of finances for Microsoft. So Microsoft was kind of done with remedy at that point so after all that after all that debacle i we're pretty sure now that microsoft is pretty much done with remedy so they said here's the alan wake rights go ahead take it now what's really exciting about this news is that alan wake you could not buy it on digital platforms at all uh they had the rights they took it off of the store just because of lawyers there there was uh, there was all these different laws that it couldn't be on digital platforms anymore so now remedy has the rights again remedy does have the rights again and this is really exciting because now we'll have access to it what's even more exciting is that this has the possibility this does have the possibility so that uh remedy could re-release it or remaster it or put it in a bundle this is all really exciting. This has a lot of potential, but Remedy. Now, this is interesting, though. Remedy has officially stated 
that they are fully focused on their next game, which is called Control, which is coming out August 27th. August 27th. And so we won't see anything about Alan Wake, not a not a leak of news until after they release Control. So sounds like they're fully focused on control Mm -hmm. it sounds like they're excited to get back alan wake and it sounds like they have plans for alan wake if you really read into the interview saying like we're really pleased we we're going to do something with the publishing rights however we have a new game coming out it's coming out in august it's coming out next month Mm -hmm. so it sounds like all steam ahead for this yeah but now you haven't played alan wake nope never heard of it oh man Yikes. No, Alan Wake is is a really, really good uh, narrative game. It, it Actually, you would like it. It's more of a spooky narrative. Mm, sounds uh, like my type of game. Yeah, it's not necessarily a horror more than it is a thriller. Okay. And it's about a horror author writing. It, it's it's, a, it's mm. such a unique story, and you use uh, flashlights as part of the gameplay. It's I a, think I remember you showing me yeah, gameplay. It, it's a really, really awesome game. And this leaves the potential that this could be a re-release. Yeah, so definitely. I would love to see Alan Wake in next-gen hardware. And I, I would I'd love to see that on Xbox One X. Yeah. Now, speaking of that, you would also be excited to know that you can play it on PlayStation very soon because it has been confirmed that Sony has expressed interest in acquiring... This is the number one gaming news, by the way. Sony has expressed interest in acquiring Remedy uh, with the purchases of Xbox, with all their studio acquisitions. It sounds like PlayStation... It sounds like Sony really wants to bite back and has already oh, um, has already shown interest in buying a studio that has worked heavily with Microsoft. So... You might see pretty soon in, in the near future, probably after Control releases, that yeah. Sony acquires the Studio Remedy, which is, I think, is a really good fit for what Sony wants. Yeah. Uh, have, do you remember any of the gameplay for Control when it was on uh, E3? No, I don't. It's really unique. It takes place all in one house. Uh, again, a lot like Alan Wake, it's more of a spooky thriller than anything else. Uh, you have one gun and you have to figure out why uh, the house is kind of doing topsy-turvy stuff and what, what's the paranormal activity. It's coming back to me. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. I have the worst memory ever. But from what Sony is producing, I think that Remedy would be a fantastic fit for what Sony is going for. So yeah. if Sony does acquire Remedy... Be prepared to just see Remedy just blow it out of the water. So uh, you're going to see Alan Wake on the PlayStation soon. Uh, You're going to see so many things from Remedy coming out. So keep your eyes focused on that for sure. So let's move on to our final gaming news. And this is why I said this in the beginning that I struggle with the idea of being the bad guy. But it looks like I'm not alone because EA also struggles the idea that they are a bunch of bad guys. Yeah. So this is coming from a gameindustry.biz, and I just want to pull up the quote really quickly. But uh, in an interview with uh, gameindustry.biz, we see... uh, Hold on. Oh, no. There we go. We see Matt Bibley. No, I'm sorry. Bilby. Uh, We see EA's Matt Bilby come out and say that I I don't know why we're seen as the bad guys in the gaming industry. We're so good. Look what we do for indie developers. Now, keep in mind, 
what we're doing in this podcast right now, Sea of Solitude is an EA funded indie game. So yeah, good on them. We're yeah. celebrating EA's indie uh, push. However, take a look at this quote. And you can see on the screen if you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, twenty. This is coming from Matt Bibley. <laughs> Bilby. My goodness, Adam. Good job. Uh, Matt Bilby says, 25 years at EA and I still struggle with the external perception that the that we're a bunch of bad guys. Uh, we love making and playing games. Unfortunately, when we make mistakes on games, the world knows about it because of the size and scale. And he goes on to say that uh, why are we known as the bad guys? Because look at what we do for indie developers. Look what we did for Unravel. Look what we did for Sea of Solitude, for uh, Faye. Look what we did. And now they're talking about streaming services. They're saying that we're protecting the indie devs because we're looking out for them. We're not let, leaving them in the mess mm -hmm. of everybody. You want to take this, by the way? Because <laughs> I think I have a list right here. But why do you think that EA is seen as the bad guys? Oh, geez. Um, maybe it has things to do with surprise mechanics. Oops. What in the world? The It's so hot in here. We turned off the AC so you won't hear it on the audio. But it's so hot in here that my teacup uh, stuck to my coaster. <laughs> Woo! It's pretty smoking in here. Yeah, it's very warm. Yeah, but the um, surprise mechanics you were saying? Yes. So maybe it has something to do with the surprise mechanics. Mm -hmm. um, how, but even though, you know, everyone loves surprises. Oh, yeah. We love surprises. It's so phenomenal. Um, but yeah, it's just... It's the, just the lies like that. The way... not even, They're not lies. They're just... They don't handle things well. And they're just not honest about it and not in a way that they're lying but in a way that they're just not like yeah we you know you pay for stuff in our games mm -hmm. like they don't just confront the issue they just kind of like even in this situation he's not he's not talking about what the question was right he's like we're bad guys but we do indie stuff it's like yeah but you got we're not mad at you right now of course we like that you're doing indie stuff we're mad at you because of this whole surprise mechanic crap that you're throwing yeah. out like and not just that, but we're also mad at them for the surprise mechanics, which you're talking about the ultimate team packs, the loot mm -hmm. boxes. The loot boxes got so bad in Battlefront 2. It got so bad that governments got involved, yeah. that Hawaii got involved, that Europe got involved. You, you, you were so like irresponsible with loot boxes that you had to be called to parliament because of what you're yeah. doing. And, and not then to, you knocked it now, to their faces. Now, I wrote down just some examples of why we're mad. And I have surprise mechanics, closing studios like Visceral Games. Mm, yeah, that too. Uh, studios that don't need it. Now, I do have in my notes here Anthem. Now, hmm. I'm not going to put them on Anthem because that was more Bioware's fault. Uh, if, you, if you have the chance, I'll link it down below. In fact, let me write a note there, a Kotaku article. Uh, I will link this down below, but definitely read Jason Schreier's take on Anthem's on on on, on Anthem's uh, release. Thank you, thank you, Brain. On You're Anthem's welcome. release, <laughs> on <laughs> Anthem's release, because it was more Bioware's mismanagement. Because EA gave them the funding and said, "Listen, you have five years to develop a good game." Bioware didn't start until they had less than two years left. 
So it was really Bioware's mismanagement with Anthem. And sure, you could argue that EA could have stopped Anthem from happening. They could have closed down Anthem. They could have not let it reach the world. Sure. But I'm not so mad at EA specifically for Anthem. I'm mad, I'm mad at Bioware. Mm-hmm. Definitely read that article. I'll have it linked in, uh, in the description down below. It's a long article, but after you read it, you won't be blaming EA for it at all. Yeah. But mm-hmm. just to add my little thing, if you think about it as a, as in a regular work situation, right? if, say, you work for a branch of a company, if the mm-hmm. branch manager does something wrong, yeah. The CEOs will look at the district manager. Right. And whoever's in charge of CEOs, the you know, the board or whatever, is gonna look at the head of the company, like, why mm-hmm. is this happening? So you can still kind of blame EA because they are the ones in charge. Right. And they didn't do anything. So I mean you could still kind of blame them. Yeah, kind of. Uh but there's plenty of things why we think of EA as the bad guys. And this just shows that EA is so disconnected from their audience. They don't even know why they're mad. So they're not going to fix of why we're mad at them. They're not going to fix these yeah. loot boxes. They're not going to fix uh, the game that they release. They're only focused on, well, we protect indie indie devs. And that's great. It's like the one good thing you do. Good job. Yeah. And, that, and that's great. But it doesn't forgive the loot box situation. It doesn't forgive that you're lying to people. It doesn't forgive that you lied to Parliament saying that you just think of them as surprise mechanics. It doesn't yeah. forgive the fact that you're taking advantage of the white whales, uh, taking advantage of their wallets. Yeah. So you need to get into the stepping. Like you need to understand why your audience hates you. You need to understand that. You need to go and uh, take some surveys and find out how you can fix yourselves. You can't just pat yourselves on the back and say like, "Oh, good job, indie devs, great job." There's really more to it. If you want people to see you as the good guys. Yeah. You can't just claim. Look, we did this whole good one thing. Yeah. We're good people. It's like, yeah, but you did all of that. Exactly. Uh, so now I think before we get even more into this, we're, we can rant all day about oh, this. Oh, we could. But we want to celebrate a game that just released. That was published by EA, yeah. by the way. It was published by EA. We want well, to celebrate. Well, it's an indie developer. So one good thing they did. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we want to celebrate this game called Sea of Solitude, and we don't want to rate this game. We don't want to review this game. We're going to be talking about the message behind the game. So full steam ahead, spoilers ahead. Mm-hmm. If you have not played it, please, please, please pause this episode. It is $20. Oh, I think, play it. I think it takes four or five hours to beat. Yeah. It's not that long, and it's just, it's so worth your time. Mm-hmm. So... Spoilers ahead, and let's just jump into it to our final segment. Talkie time. So during this talkie time, we got the we got the chance of playing, well not the chance, but it just released Sea of Solitude. Mm-hmm. This was released by the new studio called Yomai Games. This is based in Berlin, Germany. Uh, they called that Sea of Solitude. The initials are SOS. The next game they're working on is also SOS: Sands of Sorrow. Uh, Cornelia Geppert, or just Connie Geppert on Twitter, is she's always on Twitter just encouraging people and making sure that they know that they're loved and they're valued. And she goes on to develop this game, which is very much about her own personal story and how you can overcome it. She does claim, she always stresses, she always stresses that she is not a professional, 
Uh, this is not professional advice. This is just one story to another story it's because she can start share her story. Maybe you can share your story. So mm-hmm. let's just, just dive right into it. The whole purpose behind this game is to express what it's like to be lonely in this world mm-hmm. and what kind of mental uh, health issues that you'll have if you just pursue loneliness. Well, it's not even what you'll have because she also does express. She's like, this is just my experience. What I, right. you know, what I, what you do to, in this game to help yourself might not be how you help yourself in the real world. Exactly. So just putting that at that. Also, it's, this is how she coped. Yeah. You know. And that's the thing. Like, it's all about loneliness, anxiety, depression. So let's talk first that <coughs> uh, first you wake up on this boat and you're mm-hmm. on the sea. Now, I, in this whole time, where again, this isn't a rating or review. This is just us uh, talking about and explaining what we think happens in this. Yeah. Now, let's talk about the water first and what that water represents. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see a city down below, and the city is supposed to represent... She says that, oh, it reminds me of Venice, but Connie Gefford has come out to say that it, it is based on her hometown of Berlin. Yeah. Uh, of Berlin, Germany. Not Berlin, Maryland. I've been to Berlin, Maryland, so I don't know. Who would automatically, oh, he must be talking about Berlin, Maryland. We have listeners in Maryland. <laughs> yeah, but. Anyways, I don't know. Um, so you see a city down below the sea, and sometimes the water raises up and goes beneath. What we think that the water represents is just your thought process, because uh, when it's clear out, it's safe to swim in your own thoughts, yeah. but. When you get closer and closer, when you go down deeper and you get a closer connection to the city that's below the sea, mm-hmm. uh, things start to happen. There, There's hands out of the water that are trying to ring you down. There's enemies down there. So it's almost like you're trying to drown your memories. You're trying to drown your past experiences mm-hmm. with your own escapism mind. Do you agree with this? Yes, I, I definitely agree with that. I do know... We watched an interview with her, and she also said that the levels mm-hmm. the of the sea, when it goes up and down at different times, um, that that represents how Kay is feeling in that moment. Right. Um, like how her emotions are. So. Yeah. But by the way, if you're watching this and you're watching us uh, sweat and you're thinking like, oh, so why are you drinking hot tea? It's to keep my voice clear. Uh, I'm I w- drinking coffee to keep me energized. <laughs> yeah. So we just addressed that. If Next you want, time I'll put ice in it. Yeah, write it in the comments below. Ask us why are you so sweating so much. Uh, but yeah, it's all about that loneliness and that water level is definitely depicting mm-hmm. what you want to drown out. What do you want to escape from? And you're above it, so you don't want to get underneath. You want you don't want to dive deep into your own thoughts. Mm-hmm. Now within this water, when you get uh, more within the city, when you're more connected to the city, there's also this monster. That's swimming around it. It's almost yeah. like this uh, giant fish. Yeah. Hairy fish. Like a hairy whale. Yeah, like a hairy whale. Now, we were talking about this, and we were trying to think, this is the one monster that we just could not put our finger on. Because when you swim in the water, when this monster is swimming around, it consumes you. Yeah, like it can catch you and eat you, and you die, and you have to start over. Yeah. And it's not even about dying, either. It's just, I think it's more about consuming you. It's supposed to just uh, like... Oh, yeah. I just mean like in the game you die. Yeah. In the game you die. But I think the representation is all about uh, consumption. This could be almost 
I don't want to just say like, oh, it's about depression because I, I just feel like that's too easy to think about. That's yeah. about depression. But I think it's just more about uh, your depressive thoughts, your self-doubts, everything that, that goes on in your mind. Mm-hmm. If you if you go too deep in your mind and you let those uh, ideas catch you off guard, it can consume you and you're out of the game. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Um, or do you have differing opinions? I mean, I think it can be interpreted in many different ways. Right. Um, and I think that's why that's the only monster um, Connie Gepard didn't tell you yeah. what it was. Because all the other monsters, mm-hmm. Kay was like, oh, that's my this this is you know yeah. this person this is this person whereas this monster never was never a person in her real world right so i feel like that's that was the purpose was that this monster was up to our interpretation of where what it would mean to us to have that in our mind or mm-hmm. you know it could be many different things right so i think that is kind of the point of it is to open that conversation of like what what is that? What do you think that is? You know? Yeah. And that and that's the thing. I think it's just things that are in your mind. It could be anything that goes on in your mind. Mm-hmm. It could be self-doubt, anxiety, depression. But yeah. whatever it is, when you go swimming in your own mind, if you if you're yeah. in there too deep, if you're in there too long, that beast, that monster inside you yeah. will catch you and it will consume you. Like having a panic attack. Yeah. Because you're thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking. And then all of a sudden it's just like it's killing you Mm -hmm. so i mean i think i think that theory is definitely yeah a solid one as someone (laughs) who's experienced it (laughs) yeah now that's the other thing is that um this game is filled with things called corruptions Mm -hmm. and especially the second monster you meet which it's pretty obvious it's what it is is your own anxiety your own doubts about yourself Mm -hmm. and almost uh, your stresses in life because it blocks your path. It gets in your way and says, you can't get this far. You're just, um, you're just a pile of garbage. You're nothing. Yeah. And you have to get it out of your way to go further in your path. And the way you do it is by shining a light on your own self doubts. Mm -hmm. Now I also have this in my note, but every time that you get into this light and you shine a light onto your own corruption, mm-hmm. you hear Kay screaming in yeah. pain. Like, like she sounds like she's like, this is giving, like this is causing her pain to do. Yeah. And you can kind of see, you can not just kind of, but you can definitely see that whenever you're trying to shine a light on your own self doubts, when you're trying to push that forward, it will hurt you. Yeah. It, it almost, it hurts too much to shine a light on your own self. It almost hurts to shine a light on your own self doubts because it's necessary to do to move forward in life. Yeah. But you need to shine that light or else you'll stay in the same place forever. Yeah. What do you think? No, I definitely think that that's another good theory because to shine the light on self doubt and try and move Mm -hmm. past that low self esteem, the, you know, doubting everything you do, Right. That is something very hard to do. And it does not. I, I mean, the pain is definitely a metaphor for just how complicated it really is, because, I mean, people struggle forever to get past some sort of emotional trauma right. that someone's caused in their life. Exactly. You know? So definitely. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. This, this whole anxiety reminds you of 
things in your life and mm-hmm. what you should be reminded of. And it's almost almost at times like logic at times. And you can kind of see this logic in a bad light. But as we get further into the story, we start to see it in a different light. Mm-hmm. So there's another little thing that you'll find in a game where you have to shoo away seagulls in the game. Yeah. And there's actually a little counter. There's uh, 39 or 32. There's 32 seagulls you have to shoo away. Yeah. I only found 16. So yeah. I need to go back um, and find them. And I had a theory about the seagulls. You're yes. like, what are the? Because the whole time I was like, what are these seagulls for? Yeah, why, why am I, I shooing away like, seagulls? Why am I doing this? And I said, well, that might just be like a symbolism. It could be nothing. That could have just been something she threw in. For yeah. Well, money. everything in this game, she's very specific to say yeah, that so everything in this game has a meaning. So my theory with the seagulls, because that's another one that isn't said. I think the seagulls are one of, or like just those little things in your life that are just like mm-hmm. bother you or annoy you or even trigger you. Right. Like, that you're just like, get away, like go, like, like the toxic people in your life. Yeah. You know, like. I wish I could do that with toxic people. I was like, shoot. Yeah. But I think that's, that is what they could stand for is the toxic people, the things that um, just make your life harder to live. And it's just like get, getting rid of them. Like you're in my way. Like they were, they're in the way yeah. and they need to go away. So I think that's kind of what they stand for is just little things that like are getting in your way of what you need to be doing. Right. And that's, and that's the thing, like everything. Now you have to think about that as you play this game, as you play Sea of Solitude, every single thing in this game has a deeper meaning. Mm-hmm. Even if you just think that like, like the seagulls, it's just a little side activity just for things to do. Every little thing has a meaning. And there's things in your life that are just the little things. And all you have to do is yeah. just shoot toxic person. Yeah. Shoot. Or even like little like little things that like cause deep anxiety. Like yeah. with me with um electronics. Right. Like and I've said this before that like the littlest little problem, mm-hmm. like the my phone being slow just like can set me off. And that for me that would be a seagull. Right. Like that's one of the things it's like, I need to let go of that so mm-hmm. bad. <laughs> I'm working on it, guys. I'm working on it. <laughs> now, the first monster that you're trying to like get rid of is this ginormous raven bird. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's crying and it's a sad, giant raven. And the first thing that you do is uh, go. Now, we're going to be jumping ahead. We, we very much encourage you just to play this game. Mm-hmm. But you go through the school because the bird represents her little brother. Mm-hmm. Going through, it looks like this prep school for boys because uh, it's always uh, boys ganging up on him and saying, man up, do this. Oh, we're just picking on you because it's funny. Don't you think it's funny? And he doesn't think it's funny. Yeah. And he's and you just start to hear these memories of Kay being distracted on her phone as her little brother's just saying that I don't get all these jokes. Why am I so uncool? Why don't I fit in anymore? Yeah. And Kay is just saying, oh, you should see this funny dog picture that I have on my phone. Yeah. And Kay just starts to feel this guilt of she ignored somebody who was in need. Yeah. Like he was crying out for help from his big sister and she just was so too distracted to hear it. Right. Like she's just he's just crying out in need. And all she did was just uh, get distracted on her phone. Yeah. And that's just the thing is that she starts to get this more corruption in her backpack. Mm-hmm. And the more you're trying to heal other people in this game, the more you're trying to heal loved ones, 
you start to build up corruptions in your backpack. And we'll get to that in a bit. And I'm sure you can already think like, oh, what does this represent? You can probably already know what it represents, but we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah. But again, jumping forward into this later on, like how you heal your brother is by being there for him. Mm -hmm. Because even in the end, in the end of the memories, he starts to say that I don't know if I'll ever fit in. I don't know if I ever fit in with these boys. Maybe it's just better if I'm not alive anymore. Mm -hmm. And you just start to hear Kay laughing because she sees another picture that her boyfriend sent her on her phone. And he says, why do you think that's funny? And then she's just distracted. And Kay just starts to feel this guilt as the monster that she is in the game. Saying that I wasn't there for him, but now I will be. Yeah. She's like, I'm never leaving you again. She's like, I love you. I want you here. Yeah. And you start to take this corruption away from your little brother. And that's when he turns from a raven into a human again. Into her little brother. And then he starts to get on his uh, houseboat that you follow into the sea. But you can't understand him. Yeah. Why do you think that you can't understand him yet? I I had thought about that. I was yeah. like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that means that even though she helped him, yeah. she still has things standing in her way from being the best person she can be. Right. You know, because even though he's great, he's feeling better. Mm-hmm. She can't hear him because now she's struggling. Still right. Because um, I think it has a lot to do with that. She's still struggling. She has guilt now. Mm-hmm. And also she's still weighed down by other things that she's concerned with. Right. So I think it's just that she's not done with herself yet. Yeah. You know, she helped him, but now she's got guilt from, you mm-hmm. know, ignoring her brother, but also she's still kind of that selfish person. She still needs to work on herself. Yeah. So she's not done. Now, the next two monsters you encounter, there's two monsters. There is a Medusa creature and then there is a chameleon. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's a chameleon that he's doing. Yeah, it's definitely a chameleon. Yeah. And that's the thing is that the chameleon is representing her father and the Medusa is representing her mother. Well, it's not really a Medusa. It's more of just an octopus. No, I th- I think it's a Medusa. I think I read on an article that's supposed oh, to be okay. a Medusa. And Medusa is that you don't look them directly in the eyes or you don't look into them or else you turn into stone, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to look it up. But uh, what did you think about uh, the fights in between her father and her mother as I'm looking this up? Just to confirm that I'm thinking the right thing. I think a lot of it showed the thoughts that um, children of divorce or unhappy households Mm -hmm. tend to think, especially if the divorce comes later on in their life, like when they're older. Now, I'm not a child of divorce. I don't know anything about this, so please don't get mad at me. Um, But that I think she was trying to show that, like, this is actually what they think. Like when you're watching a TV show and you're like, oh, that's stupid. Like, why would you think it's your fault? But she was like, no, it's my fault. Like she's hearing them fight and she's like, oh my gosh, like they had me and it's my fault. Um, Even though, I mean, clearly Kay had no choice in the matter if she was going to be born. Mm-hmm. But um, she hears that her mom wanted to have her because she thought she'd fix the relationship. And she's like, oh, it's my fault that yeah. they're so upset because I was born. 
um, and she takes that burden on herself. Yeah. Um, so I think that is like a that was an interesting way of showing it that like this is what these kids actually think when this stuff happens. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think those fights more of showed Kay insight to what her childhood was actually like when she wasn't around because her parents yeah. always made a point to not fight around Kay. Like, right. they're like, oh, let's not do this now. We don't want to do this near the kids. Don't let Kay here. Like, yeah. things like that. So um, I think it was an interesting way of giving Kay insight of what her childhood was actually like yeah. when she wasn't looking. Now, I don't know if I, I already brought this up. I, w- I was listening, but the one thing I did pick up, though, however, why do you think that the dad was a chameleon? Because he brought up points that he didn't even know what he wanted. Yeah, he didn't know what he wanted. He mm-hmm. kind of was living that double life of like, like I said, they kept a lot of it away from the kids. Mm-hmm. So he was like, and he kept saying he was pretending yeah. or like he was, cha- he changed and things like that because she was saying like, oh, you were so different when we first met like yeah you know, all these things and he's like well that was when i was younger and some people will say anything when they're falling in love and things like that so i think it does have a lot to do with he's changed a lot and mm-hmm. he doesn't know what he wants and so he does keep changing and he does he is kind of odd in the sense where he goes from talking very nicely to like to the mother monster mm-hmm. and talking very nicely to Kay, and then all of a sudden he just flips out and gets very angry and very defensive. Exactly. Um, so I think it is kind of that chameleon way of like going from one thing to another to another, like constantly. He doesn't changing. have his own identity. He yeah. just he's, he's still a father. He's a husband, and then he's he's the old, mm-hmm. you know, the young of young version of of himself. And then he's like, I don't know who I am now. Exactly. And he even starts saying like, Well, this wife won't make me happy. Maybe maybe someone else will make me happy. Yeah. And it's just this dynamic where. Um, the father in the household. Now, I'm not trying to say what I'm not trying to say is oh, it's so hot in here. I'm so sorry. Um, what I'm not trying to say is that like every household needs a man to step up. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. But it's in statistics that in a in a family dynamic where there's not uh two spouses that are raising mm-hmm. a kid, uh, it's that that kid will end up more corrupted. This is coming from me, a childhood divorce where my dad just did his own thing and really didn't care about my mom. And my mom tried to raise me on her own, trying to be the mom and the dad and just trying to raise me the best she can. She did phenomenal. I love you, mom. Good job. Yeah. But it's actually in statistics that the child will grow up to be more uh, criminally active, Mm -hmm. get in more trouble, um, develop alcoholism. They will become more corrupted. And that's in t- statistics, that's in sociology class. Now, what would the, the interesting thing is when you're in the final boss battle between the chameleon and the Medusa creature is that any time that the chameleon breathe, there's like these little children uh, characters that are just trying to get you the different memories. Again, please play the game because we're just yeah. jumping here. There's these little uh, children in, within the game that are just trying to get you these memories and they're fine and good, they're playful, but whenever the chameleon breathes fire... The children become corrupt. Yeah. And you can say that like when there's a toxic parent within the household, Mm -hmm. the mom, the dad, the whatever. Right. 
you, you, the children become corrupted in their own household. Yeah. Once they spread their toxicity, so will the children, the upbringing of that child. Yeah. And you can start to see that within this boss battle, that children in the household will become corrupted. Yeah. In this. Even if you try and hide it from them. Right. There's somewhere in the subconscious that kids know, mm-hmm. even if they don't realize they know, they're, they yeah. still react in that way. Exactly. So this is just trying to say that, uh, well, even so that Kay, who was just trying to keep these parents together mm-hmm. in this toxicity, again, this is coming from me as a child of divorce, um, that child will start to become the the middle person and, and the peacemaker, just trying to make up sides and just trying to make yeah. sure that everybody is okay. Uh, and then Kay also, once these bosses are defeated, she takes on their corruption into her bag yeah and she starts to collapse yeah and and so the fat the the two parents become human again and they finally come together to help her right and they finally come together to focus on her which brings us to the final boss yeah uh they're on the houseboat and then you get into this snowy area with this wolf creature yeah what does the wolf represent her boyfriend. Yeah. Who, in the beginning mm-hmm. of that scene, you think is a toxic person and terrible, but towards the end, yeah, he notices, he's like, I'm not good, and I need to fix myself. And she's just like, no, I can help you. I can do it. Yeah. And he's like, no, don't you see? Like, I'm hurting you. Like, yeah. Like, because in the beginning, you're just like, oh, he's a toxic person. He doesn't treat her well. Well, let's uh, talk about that. Yeah. Is that... When you first encounter the wolf, it's this beautiful white wolf with blue eyes yeah. and looks gorgeous. And then all Kay does is hug the wolf mm-hmm. and he starts to act out and a piece of his face actually falls. And you see the corruption on the inside, almost like he's wearing a mask. He's just trying to put on a persona of this mm-hmm. like gorgeous person, has his life together. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he acts out. And says, like, no, I don't need you. I, I I got this on my own. You just stop trying to help me. Yeah. And he starts to run off. And then you start to see, you start to see that these uh, different things that Kay's like, I can help him. I can change him. I've le-. She starts to say that I've learned so much from helping my brother, from helping my parents, uh, that, yeah. that I, I can help him with this. Then you start to see, you were talking about this, the, the good in things. Then you start to see that anxiety that we saw in the beginning, that first monster block your path again to say that, wait, listen to me. You need to listen to me. I'm blocking your path because this is a toxic relationship. Yeah. And Kay starts to defend him saying like, you need to get out of my way. I can help him. Yeah. But that stress in her life, that conscious like has two different uh it's a double-sided sword where that consciousness that stress that anxiety in your life is blocking you from moving forward in life sure that's a bad thing but then you see the other side of that yeah. sword to it's sa- trying to save you it's trying to save you and to say like no this is toxic you're going through a lot you need to stop i'm yeah. blocking your path like, this is the time you need to start listening to me now yeah so you started to you picked that up before i did yeah, because in the very beginning of the game, you know, you see this creature. It's like, oh, it's getting in my way. It's trying to, you know, right absorb me. It's trying to hurt me. Yeah. And then towards the end, it's like, 
Mm-hmm. She's like she's trying to protect Kay and say like like no don't you see he's so bad for you and even before that a little mm-hmm. you can tell she's trying to protect Kay but like you have to listen to me like mm-hmm. like I'm trying to help like right you need to listen to me like this isn't good you need to turn around you need to stop trying to fix everyone mm-hmm. and that's when I noticed I'm just like so this thing is like good and bad in the beginning it was bad because it's trying to stop her from bettering herself but now she's trying to say all right you're taking it too far yeah you need to focus on you you need to leave him alone Mm -hmm. because he's gonna hurt you and you need to just let him go yeah um so yeah i picked up on that and i think that is because i mean and i've shared this before that i do struggle with anxiety and depression so i know that feeling of like Mm -hmm. And I know Kay's side of it saying like, no, 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 you're freaking out. Like, I can do this. Yeah. We're good. I can handle this. Right. Um, of course, not in the same situation. <laughs> but, yeah. But I, I, I did pick up on that where it's like, it is that struggle of like, all right, is my anxiety holding me back right now or is my anxiety trying to protect me? Right. And that's just the thing is that like you, you get further into the story and you start to see that... Uh, her cells, right? The mm-hmm. these uh, flying creatures around the mask of this wolf are trying to protect him, saying like, "No, it's good. Like he's just a good person. He's just mm-hmm. misunderstood." And you're trying to melt away uh, the heart of this person. And again, moving forward into this, you start to see that the wolf, like all everything, has been shed. You get to mm-hmm. see all the corruption in him, and he says like, "No, you can't help me. I need to do this on my own." Yeah. And you start to see that, like you, what you said, he's not the worst person. He's just got a lot to yeah. deal with. So he was wearing a mask, but it was actually to protect you from him. Right. You know, he wasn't trying to be a toxic person or mm-hmm. be like a manipulative boyfriend. He wasn't. He was trying to put on a good face to love someone. But he's just like, no, like. I, I can't be in this relationship because I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. He's like, and he need, he's like, no, I need to fix myself and I need to do it away from you. Exactly. He just says that, like, listen, I'm sorry. You need to let go of me. And as he sinks into the water, mm-hmm. as he sinks deeper into her mind, like letting go, um, he, he finally says, like, and like, I need to take care of myself and you need to take care of yourself, Kay. And he says it loving, not like. Yeah, in a, like he's saying it like we need to be apart right now. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Yeah. And so she takes on that baggage, too, into her backpack. So out of the corruption within the world, from the corruption from her brother trying to save her brother, from trying to save her parents and then finally from her boyfriend that bag starts to get so full. It starts to get so full that she actually has an emotional breakdown. Yeah. And all the baggage just ex- releases. The whole bag exploded and they all released into the air mm-hmm. and it was following her around. Exactly. Now I saw this and I related so well. Mm-hmm. There's a statistic for youth pastors that they only last two to three years. And that's just because uh, there, there's a lot of different reasons. But the biggest reason I, I believe and I've seen is that the, you ha- as a youth pastor, you have a lot of emotional baggage in the same way Kay has. Yeah. Because as a youth pastor, it's not just all like fun and games and pizza. You get to hear teenage stories and, and suicide attempts. And I won't say it, it's suicide. Suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you get to hear these the problems in their homes and you, and he's just you can't really leave it at work you kind of take it home with you and then youth pastors just have emotional breakdowns and that's why they only last 2 to 3 years not because they're just tired but they're emotionally tired and they have emotional breakdowns their marriages get mm-hmm. so messed up because they don't focus on themselves they don't focus on their own mental health they focus on others mental health that's what Kay's doing mm-hmm. So that emotional baggage can only hold so much. And she didn't cure herself. Not cure. I shouldn't say that. Uh, She didn't assist her own mental health. That She just had that breakdown. Like you said, the corruption followed her wherever she went. Yeah. So she had released it and now it's just with her all the time. And she needed to find a way to let it go. Yeah. And that's just it. Um, Then you start to see. Now, we didn't really talk about this. So please continue in the comment section. Please continue yeah. your own theories about Sea of Solitude. Oh, uh, your own comments about Sea of Solitude to say that uh, what did you think was happening? But well, the one thing we didn't talk about in the beginning was that this there was this uh, fairy girl. Um, uh, it was just called Girl. Like her yeah. name was just Girl. And we're starting to think that this is the younger, happier, innocent version of herself and just trying to guide her through the world. And whenever she came around, she felt happier, like, oh, I remember this. And so the young, more spry version of herself said, well, I I know you're feeling heavy, but maybe we can share the load. Mm -hmm. Now, this part kind of confused me because if that's a younger version of herself, if it's younger, I think that's just the happy version of her. Yeah. You know, and that was just the last time that she was that happy so that it looked younger. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like that was just the happy version of her, the one that was free. Well, the part that confused me is that if they're sharing the load and that represents herself, is she sharing the load with herself? Um, I think it's more of just balancing. I don't think it's yeah. literal sharing the load. But I think it's finding that balance between dealing with your emotions Mm -hmm. and allowing yourself that joy. Right. You know, so she would pass that the um, the corruption. Yeah, she would pass the corruption to the happy one so that she could move on. Mm -hmm. And then once the happy version needed time. Yeah. She would pass it back. So it's more of, I think, finding that balance to hand to to kind of. Take your happiness mm-hmm. and 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 work on your problems, right? And then allowing yourself to be happy for a mo- for a little bit. It's like it's mm-hmm. just giving yourself that balance. And it could also be because it's all about loneliness. Is having that person to assist you with that, mm-hmm. passing it back and forth. Like I'm feeling this way, I'm feeling this way, and you carry each other's burdens. Mm-hmm. You don't just say like I need somebody to carry my burdens, but you need to carry their burdens as well. Mm-hmm. You need to each carry the load to get through life, to move on through life. And that's why relationships are just so dynamic and they're so important in life. Yeah. Um, I tell this all the time to my students in youth group, and we have something called Accountability Sundays where I tell them, like, listen, I'm just going to give you an open-ended topic, and I just want you guys to sit down, talk with each other, and share your burdens and allow yourselves to talk with each other and assist your own mental health. Mm-hmm to say that you have people who care about you and you can just talk with them. And that's what I think this last section was. Now, let's talk about the last, last section where um, her anxiety, the one that was blocking the path, 
got into the water with the with a consumption fish and she shone the lights to um to set a trap for the fish and the fish consumed the anxiety and then you get to see k as a monster um you see get the k as a monster and then you see the baby version of each realm of the anxiety the the depression and she holds on to it yeah that part is the one that I'm stuck on um, because I think it means that depression, anxiety isn't something that's just going to be cured. It's not, it, but it's yeah. something that you can manage. Yeah. Like even though she did take care of her past right. traumatic experiences. And it doesn't mean it goes away. Yeah. That anxiety and depression, when you suffer from those. Mm-hmm. Now, it's one thing if you're anxious over a certain situation. But when you actually suffer from anxiety and depression mm-hmm. disorders, they will always be with you. And even right. even if you don't suffer from, the, from any disorder, it's also there's always going to be some sort of anxiety in your life. There's right. always going to be something that makes you anxious, something that does make you sad or depressed. Yeah. You're never going to be perfectly happy all the time. And if someone's perfectly happy all the time, they have a disorder. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, we we live in Long Island right now. And the one thing I I just don't care for in Long Island is that everybody puts on this fake smile and to say they're like, I'm not going through any issues. I'm I'm doing fine. Like, nothing's going wrong. Everything's great. What do you have to be sad about? And it's just like, bro you got a disorder and it's just like, like you said, like yeah. one person who's like too happy all the time. And it's just like, that's not right, man. Yeah. So I do think that is what those smaller versions of the anxiety and depression were. And maybe that's what they were. It was the anxiety and the depression yeah. swallowing because, and it is a good symbolism when the depression swallowed the anxiety. Yes. Even that is a good one because me personally, like, I usually, I have anxiety, anxiety, anxiety. And when I reach my breaking point, my depression just swallows the anxiety and I'm just, I'm depressed now. Yeah. So that was also a good symbol in itself. Yeah. But um, I think the smaller versions of those could mean that it's like. More managed. They're still with her. Yeah. But she knows how to manage them. She knows how to control them and she knows what she needs to do when they start to get too big. Exactly. No, I, I, I think. It got con- not confusing to me, but it's just it made you think more deeply. Mm-hmm. Nothing in this game was really confusing. Nothing in this game was no. really just like, like, what does this mean? Yeah. I don't understand. If you think about it, you can find the purpose yeah. behind it. It's just a game that really makes you critically think and understand what's going on in the mind of Cornelia Gepard. And what's going on in the mind of your own self. Mm-hmm. So I don't think anything in this game will confuse you, but it will just make you appreciate the game more. Yeah. I do, however, think that if you've been through some form of depression or anxiety, yeah. you will understand it a little bit more than someone who hasn't yeah. ever had a panic attack or a depressive state or anything. Um, yeah. So and that's, that's why I think it was easier for us to, to kind of pick right. out what it was because between the two of us mm-hmm. we've each had our own experiences with those exactly and i related to Kay in the way of taking on baggage until i had a mental breakdown mm-hmm. because uh, like this just to share with you since we're on the topic of mental health uh i i was put into therapy i don't really care if this is said um but i was put into therapy for many years of my life for depression but even as a seven-year-old i used to tell the therapist like I used to tell the therapist, depression isn't real. I'm not depressed. Depression's not real. 
Uh, it's just a it's just a new word just to say you're bummed out or anxiety. I was put into uh, yeah. therapy for anxiety because I was a child of divorce and I was t- keeping two parents together. And I was just like, you know, I'm not depressed. I'm just uh, trying to help people and I just want to assist them. And it's fine. Uh, it wasn't until I had a mental breakdown in 2014 after I graduated college and I just didn't know what to do with my life anymore. And I just started to get more and more into a spiral of depression. And I remember telling my mom, it's like, is this what depression is? And she's like, oh my God, Adam. Like, <laughs> she, But then you did it again. Yeah. Like and, two years later, you're like, I think I'm actually depressed. I'm like, no, really? Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? I've been telling you that for months. And that's the <laughs> thing. Like, I just never accepted depression was mm-hmm. a thing. And that's the thing with Kay. As you're as you're going through this journey, like I can help people, I can change. Yeah. Like I've changed. Like she didn't like the anxiety of her kept calling her a monster. She's like, I'm not a monster. What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. And that and I related in that way. Yeah. Uh, where it was just like, no, no, no. I just need to help people. I need to help people constantly. That's why I'm in youth ministry. It's just I I want to help people. I I that's why we're doing this YouTube channel. That's why we're doing this podcast. I want to help people. I want to be an impact in people's lives. And if I don't keep my mental health in check. I end up having a breakdown and that's exactly what this game is trying to say is that you need to take care of your own mental health. You need to stop being the lone wolf in this. You need to have people carrying the burden with you so that you don't end up like Kay. Yeah. So ending this, how do you, how do you relate to Kay? I mean, I very much relate to Kay. Um, since you shared your story, Mm -hmm. um, I grew up with a depression disorder, Mm -hmm. which, I didn't know about until I was in college. Right. Um, my parents took me to therapy a couple times when I was younger, but I didn't realize it was therapy until I was older. Yeah. And I was in college and I was having breakdowns and just couldn't deal with things. Mm. And I remember I asked Adam, I'm like, I think I'm depressed. I'm like, have I am like, have I ever been depressed before? He's like, uh yeah. yeah. Like he was just like Yes. And I was like, oh, have I ever had anxiety? He's like, oh, my God, Liz. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, oh, and then I things started coming back to me. And I realized I was just like, oh, my goodness. Like, I've had anxiety and depression since I was a child. Like, I remember when I was a kid, I called it my guilty conscience because that's what it how it came out in me. My anxiety was I would tell on myself for the littlest things. Like, I remember one time Mm -hmm. I was carrying my plate into the kitchen. I was like probably 10 and I had part of my the, my pork chop bone was off my plate and I yeah. moved it over with my cup and I felt so bad. Yeah. I felt like I was in so much trouble and I told my mom and I was and I and I'm just like and I'm looking back I'm like why was that such a big deal to me? Yeah. So that was that's my experience with it is that I had it from a kid. I remember my mom at one point told me I wasn't allowed to answer the phone anymore until I could answer it with a happy voice because people would ask her like yeah. is Elizabeth depressed? <laughs> and I was like 6 years old. A 6-year-old shouldn't be depressed. Right. So, um I grew up with depression and anxiety just always mm-hmm. in me. I just didn't know about it. Yeah. Um, but that's how I relate to Kay in a way of like, I've always dealt with this. This is something I always struggle with. And I always, I constantly have to keep my eye on my anxiety and what triggers it and, and constantly even, trying to deal with it. And even shining, like in this game, even shining a light on that yeah, hurts. It does. Yeah. I remember originally when I realized that's what it was, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I supposed to do about this? Yeah. Like it's that like trying to see... All right, what triggers it? What mm-hmm. 
what makes me so anxious? What makes me depressed? And trying to confront that. Yeah. Because confronting that does make me feel bad because mm-hmm. it's that when I'm working too much or I've got too much going on, I say like, oh, like, oh, this makes me, this gives me anxiety. This makes me depressed. Yeah. And I'm like, so now I have to see myself as lazy Yeah. because I'm like, oh, so mm-hmm. I can't work a full-time job and do all these extra things. And I feel lazy for that, but yeah. I'm not. So it is those things of like trying to figure out everything. But yeah, I relate. Yeah. I relate a lot. I think this is a good way to end the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much more about this game. There's so much more about this game that you need to check out. Definitely play this game. And yeah. if you're watching this on YouTube, if you follow us on Twitter, definitely tweet at us what your thoughts are. And if you're watching us on YouTube, Leave those comments down below. Please play this game and tell us your theories. Tell us your thoughts about the game. How do you relate to Kay? And we want to read that and just really talk about mental health. And we really want to bring more awareness. There's already a lot of awareness, but there's never too much. And what this game does is not trying to be a professional assistant to mental health, but it's just trying to get people to share their story. And that's exactly what this game has done and i think it succeeds yeah and again this isn't a rating or review but we highly recommend playing this 20 dollar game <laughs> um it's 20 dollars. it's four or five hours long please give this game a chance please like uh just go through this game and especially if you've been through depression and anxiety i think it will be a really good uh therapy for you yeah. uh it just really made me look into myself and saying, like, am I being like, hey, am I storing out too much baggage? Will I end up like, hey, and just, uh, you know, go into a breakdown? Yeah. If you listen to this, hopefully you've played the game and you're just like, no, no, I'll do with the spoilers. Even if it, we spoiled it for you, yeah. please play this great piece of art. Yeah. And I'm just going to put out there. Yeah. You don't have to. But if anyone wants to message me or talk to me on Twitter about my experience with anxiety and depression, completely feel free. I right will. Here. Yeah. I'm an open book. If you want to ask me how I dealt with it, how it started, and more details about it, go ahead, ask me. I'll talk to you about it. If you want to talk about your own with me, that's mm-hmm. fine. I'm socially awkward, but I will talk to you about yeah. it. At Journey First, at Ace the Grocer, contact at gamesandgrocies.com is the email. So definitely send us some messages. Yeah. Comment down below. I'll, I'll reply to you. Yeah, we'll we'll both reply. If you want to ask a specific question to each of mm-hmm. us, we can reply. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're open books about our anxiety and depression, mm-hmm. you know, histories. So definitely, if you want to talk to us, we can. We are not professionals. I'm putting that there. We yeah. are not medical professionals. Nope. We are not psychologists. I was um, in the counseling. But, oh, But we are friends. I was in the counseling major for a semester, and then I dropped out. <laughs> But um, yeah, I think that does it for this week's episode. We can talk way more about this. There's so much more about this game we could have talked about, but we want to condense it. Um, There's the weather dynamics we didn't talk about. There is the lights following the lights that we didn't talk about. Uh, There's the messages in the bottle. There's so much more. But again, comment down below. Yeah, well, we're definitely open to talking about this game with you, too. Yeah. So definitely subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, We're going to be putting out new content. It's not going to be gaming news anymore. We've talked about it. I think you're going to enjoy the content we put out besides the podcast. But uh, look out for that. So subscribe to us if you would be interested in that. Ring that notification bell. Like this video. If you really enjoyed this, if you enjoyed this video, like it down below. 
comment down below. You can follow us on Twitter at Gaming Groceries or on our own. Excuse me. <laughs> at Ace the Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. And you can also follow us on Instagram, Games and Groceries, all one word. Check out our website, gamesandgroceries.com. We can listen to all the podcasts as well as find out where you can listen to the podcast. And finally, give us your rating and re reviews. So give us your honest star ratings, give us your honest reviews. And if you would like me to read your review on the podcast, uh, if it's appropriate, um, just send me a message. Contact at gamesandgroceries.com and uh, tell me, do you want me to read it? So I think that does it for this week's episode. We thank you so much for listening to this. Definitely, definitely play Sea of Solitude. Uh, we hope you have a good week. We hope to have you, you here back next week. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to end it there. Take care, everybody. Bye.